Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Monique, first of all, I want to make a statement as opposed to a question, which okay. is that you guys, for me, have been the band of the bill, and you stole the show every day, and I've thoroughly enjoyed watching you play. Wow, thank you. And sincerely, I mean that. Like, the voice, incredible. Wow. Uh, the show, incredible. And thank just you. the whole vibe, like, I love it. It really means a lot. And Thank you. I'd never seen you play before ever, so it was like an introduction to you guys live. I grew up listening to the records, so I know the songs, but to see them delivered in that way was a real treat and is Thank a treat you. and will be again today, I'm sure. Thank you. That really, that means a lot because, you know, I put a lot on the line to come over here um, without a label, without any financing and... Um, Basically on my own dime. I'm going to take my glasses off too, so yeah. we can lock okay. eyes. No rock star bullshit. <laughs> it's in too here. intimate. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't look <laughs> you in the eye. No. But anyway, yeah. So yeah. So you know, that's the thing is that coming back after all this time, and all of my friends have been touring Europe for the last 17 years, and I haven't. Did you have doubt that there was maybe going to be no one there, or that? Because when you're gone that long, you don't have that consistent, constant connection to your fan base. Oh, yeah. And it's also finding a booking agent yeah. that knows who you are. 
that's old enough to know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promoters that remember you. Um, sometimes you may get lucky and find a promoter whose parents used to listen to your <laughs> That's where we're at. Right? But we've also gotten very lucky because the albums have stood the test of time. So our audience demographic has just expanded. So um, people my age listen to the records but and remembered seeing our shows. But then there's also a whole new generation of kids listening to our stuff. And you know what you also so. bring as well, which is really rare, too rare, is the front row at your shows is all female pretty much. And that's yeah. really good to see because I think what a lot of guitar music nowadays lacks is inspirational female singers. Yeah. The girls go to the show, see, be yeah. inspired by and go, fuck, I'm going to start a band. Wow. And yeah. most of the time it's a real sausage fest and it's all dudes and all the bands of guys yeah and, and i've noticed watching you guys play that the front row is largely female based all singing along and you yeah. can see that glint in their eye like getting inspired and switched on yeah that makes me very happy i, I have to say back in the day back in the 90s i was so focused on succeeding and fitting in that i didn't realize how rare my gender was on these stages and in 98, when we did Warp Tour, I was the only woman on that tour, on the stage, on any of the stages. And then when I came back in 2017, 19 years later to do Warped, I was the oldest woman on any of the stages. And there were quite a few more women, which is really inspiring and fun. And... Um, but it was also really nice to get feedback from the women in the other bands who expressed to me how much what I did meant to them. It was a surprise because I never did what I did expecting. With that in mind. Never. Yeah. Well, what I really wanted to do was um, in those days... In America, it was really unusual to look the way I did and have the size body that I had and do what I was doing. And I experienced a lot of pressure um, and judgment from a lot of people. Do you mean from like the industry or your peers or... Everyone. All of it. Yeah. And there were some groups of evolved um, people who got it. And there were groups of people who needed it. And I didn't realize how much we all needed it until I came back all these years later and got to hear the stories about girls that um, picked up instruments, you know, or liked themselves a little bit more. That's what I yeah. saw and noticed. Yeah. Is that. And for me, to go on like a kind of tangent, but also a related side note is yeah. feminism is a very multifaceted concept and people yeah. have different ideas of what that means. But what I love about seeing you do what you do is your idea, I guess, of feminism, if I can yeah. interpret it, Please. is that you're celebrating the female form and you're celebrating what it means to be a woman as opposed to like... Because some people can be a bit more militant or perhaps macho about right. it and deny their femininity and their right. 
body and form and beauty. Right. Whereas you're up there going, no, I'm a woman and I'm happy and proud to be a woman. And right. this is what it means to be a woman. And Yeah. Yeah. I right? mean, yeah. But I, I just, I'm just different. I've just defined my sense of who I am differently than a lot of people. There was a time where I was offended when a man would open a door for me. Um, I'm just grown up to be different now. It's, you know, everybody has their own interpretation of respect and love for each other. And if that means you opening a door for me, then thank you. You know, but um, a lot of quote unquote feminists, you know, think that that's offensive. And I don't. But because um, that for me is just being nice. Like I'd right. open a door to a guy as well. I wouldn't just right. go, oh, you need the door open because you're a woman and right. you're inferior. It's like, no, I'm just going to be nice and open the door for yeah. you out of respect for exactly. you as a human. Right. And there are, and also I've recognized because, again, in my 20s, I just wanted to be one of the guys because I, that's, I mean. You're surrounded by guys. I was surrounded by yeah. guys. In order for me to do what I had to do in this business, I had to learn how to speak this language with them. And also... I really like guys. They're cool to hang out with. I don't know if I can use You can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's all good. Thanks. So, yeah, like I've always hung out with guys. And, um, but what I, what I've realized is that I don't have to succumb to the traditional view of masculinity in order to hang out with the dudes. I can still be, uh, I can still embody a traditional ideal of what a woman is um, and hang with the dudes, you know? And hang loose. Hang tough. loose. Yeah, yeah, hang tough. And But that's the thing is that, you know, I, I've learned that we're, you know, we're different animals. and We absolutely are. And I think anyone are. that tries to break down the differences is kind of being ignorant and naive to the built-in mm-hmm. differences. Like men yeah. and women are drastically different. Right. And people try to say we're not. We're the same. We are different. And I think if you just right. acknowledge that. And... Well, we can. Listen, I can do anything you can do in heels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I've always said that. I can do anything a guy can do and I can do it in heels. High heels as well. Yeah. Oh, no. Last <laughs> night, I was in the kitchen, still in my hot pants and my heels, <laughs> cooking and barbecuing with everybody and chopping onions. Yeah. And they were like, don't you want to change? I'm like, no, that's going to take too much time. And full makeup, lashes, everything. But what I learned in my 20s was to act as if, you know, um, act as if I was someone that really liked myself, even though I had moments of just terrible insecurity because what I was putting out there was far more important than than what's going on in there and what was going on in my heart and eventually if I acted as if long enough then I would start to believe the things I was putting out there and at 42 years old I really do like myself a lot and um you know I can go toe-to-toe with any of these guys and, I, mean, I know I've seen it. I'm not. Af- I'm not afraid of them, you know. And I have to tell you, it hasn't been easy for me. Um, the standards have definitely been different for me um, as compared to my peers in my part of the industry who have made the same choices I have. But I'm the one on the cover of the magazines, cr- 
with, you know, the controversial um, headline in our hometown, you know, because I just did what I needed to do. And I didn't make any apologies for that um, to bring the band back. And so because I, I recognized that there were still people who love, say, Ferris out there. And um, so, you know, the male-female thing is just very interesting. And, um, like, I think there's maybe f four women on this festival, maybe three. And two are on our stage. And yeah. two of the most talented people I know. You well, and Marcia. I mean, Marcia is a powerhouse. Like, I bow down instrument, to her. Like, I, there is no comparison. She is. A, she is. I can't even compare my talent to hers. I am like, I have like a tiny pinky nail of talent next well, to that Well, no, girl. because yours is different. You're a performer and a, a front woman. And you entertain Marcia's thing, she doesn't lead the show. Josh leads the show, mm. but she just plays everything, has yeah, the most beautiful incredible. voice. Like the talents are on par, they're just different. I can't even tell you how excited I was to see them. Had you never seen them before? Oh no, I've been listening to them for ages. Right, right. Too. They're incredible. I almost felt like they were on the wrong stage. I feel like they're on the wrong stage. They should well, not be on our probably the wrong stage. festival, really. Like they should be on the main stage. That's just that's all there is to yeah. it. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about the skins, by the, the way. Skins. We haven't said yeah. anyone's going, who, who, who is this mysterious yeah. band? Oh the my skins? God, like, everything about them. They're the real deal. And they're best friends and they grew up together. They came up together. And I had no idea that that was the story, but I get it now. They are. And all of them as well. Jamie, the drummer, you're listening to him sing and he's got the sweetest, highest, most beautiful voice. Yeah. John, the bass player, yeah. just in the groove. Consummate musicians, um, incredible musicianship. I mean,. I so enjoyed watching them yesterday. It was such a treat. And when she picked up that saxophone, I just about passed out with joy. <laughs> I was like, girl, you just does it. You Flute, sax, it. keys, guitar. Unbelievable. Like, what I love her. what I love about this stage is that all the bands watch all the other bands and they get up on stage and play with all the other bands and Yeah. I mean I, I say I'm going into kind of a uh, an alleyway here yeah. by saying it's all a big community, but I guess you came up with a lot of bands that are on the stage, but mm -hmm. if I can get real with you mm -hmm. and go there, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's cool, but I mm -hmm. guess there's also like politics and bullshit behind the apparent community as well. Yeah, um, again. On every level, not just from your point of view, but. Yeah, no, on every all, level. Like, I mean, everybody has history and yeah. stories. When you've been doing this as long as we have, over 20 years and you all came out of the same scene at the same time right yeah so um again it just comes back to the one simple thing that i've realized is that um i was doing what the rest of the boys were doing and then at a certain point um we surpassed the bands from our hometown in a certain way and um, I don't know what happened after that. Um, a lot of us maintain friendships, you know. I, I still know a lot of these guys, but I also recognize that there's um, a certain maybe, a, I wouldn't say unrealistic, but a different expectation of me and how I play the game. 
And uh, again, it is a game, isn't it? Well, not for me. This is my life. This is all I do. All I, I mean, listen. But you have to play it to get by. You listen. I have a bigger picture in mind. Like I started studying opera when I was a little kid. And that explains the voice. Yeah. And that's what I did. Like while everybody else was listening to the radio, I was listening to other opera singers. That doesn't mean that I didn't, you know, have exposure to really cool music through my sister. But, you know, like the specials and punk bands and Bowie and shit like that. I did. But, you know, I was focusing on music while everybody else was having fun and going to dances. And, you know, and I studied music in college and. And it wasn't easy, you know. I didn't come from a family with money, and I had to figure it out. And so I did. And um, leaving home at an early age, I had to figure it out. I've, Was that a choice you made because you wanted to go out and explore the world and well create a career, or was it like yeah. a, a situation? I wasn't you wanted like to... handed life on a silver platter, you know. I wasn't handed an easy life. And so my home situation dictated that, you know, I move out at a young age and fucking live in my 89 Camaro, you know, and that's what I did. Um, and my my thing was I just wanted to perform, you know, because I love doing it. And um, and when I had this. So after the old members of Safe Ferris quit the band. Uh, I thought, you know what, I'm just never going to play live again. And I did a lot of work for John Feldman on his records, and he and I kept in touch. And But it was just very strange ever since the beginning um, that people's perception of me in the scene, other bands that we were playing with, um, their perception of me I think for a lot of them was really unrealistic and not based in fact um, I'm with, I managed and booked Save Ferris when I joined and helped in my own way make the band happen and <clears throat> I just realized that you know recently that in Orange County at that time that wasn't the ladylike thing to do it wasn't ladylike to, to take control to take control be in charge and succeed yeah and whether or not any of these guys were aware of that consciously. exactly there is this acceptable underlying misogyny that exists in my hometown you'll read it in their uh local papers you'll see it on the covers of their um you know weeklies they they have a completely different standard for me and well, expectation let's be honest as well, than anybody all the songs else from those bands mm -hmm. although some of them can be socially aware or political none of them from that scene mm -hmm. ever acknowledge or even defend or celebrate or champion the female point of view I can't think of point. one American ska band that deals with that as a subject matter. Right. And they. That's male fronted. It's, that's a good point. And it's not that it's their responsibility to do that. It's not. Like, I wasn't writing songs in Save Ferris about being happy to be a lady, like, or a girl, or whatever. 
we all came from a place where, you know, we had very little problems, yeah. you know, white, middle class, Sun um, good shines. schools, yeah. yeah, good schools. Like, w- this wasn't a scene that was based on studied, learned music- musicians that, you know, Wanted really... to change the world through their messages. Exactly. We didn't really have anything to say we just really wanted to go and have some fun you know and for me i had to do that because i had suffered for so long in my upbringing that like i was like fuck yeah i get to have a good time in my life now finally i finally get to be happy yeah and so leaving opera was really hard for me but it was also an awakening of sorts it really was yeah because i went from this place of you know, just very strict structure and very high expectations to like just figuring out who I was and learning my personal sense of style and what I liked and stuff like that. So that was really cool. And, you know, I like went to school with the Real Big Fish guys. I was at their first shows. I dated the bass player for four years. I lived with them. Like we all you know went to school together know each other have such history together and what i realized was that it wasn't this is not an inclusive scene from where i'm from i don't know what the rest of the world is like but the orange county scene was never welcoming to me ever these guys may have been my friends but when i wasn't around i really don't think they were talking about how awesome I was. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> can I ask you a question straight off the back of that? Yeah. Obviously, you sung on. She's a girlfriend. She has a girlfriend now. Yeah. Um, and they always get a guest female singer to sing it. Yeah. It's crazy to me, or strange to me, that you're on the bill. Yeah. And you're on the song. Yeah. And you're not doing it with them. I know. It's so weird. Um, I was the first person. Uh, you know, to sing that song. And um, I thought it came out great. I love that song. Apparently, their audiences still love it because they still play it. Well, they always it, play it, yeah. And they always play it. So. And they always have a guest. Well, if there's like another female mm-hmm. front of band on the bill, like Save the Skints, Marcia yeah. sung with them the other night, then they'll get them up. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's, it's just strange to me that yeah, it's strange. the person and that I, sang on the song is here. Yeah, I can't figure it out, to be honest with you. But what I know is that there was a time when Aaron and I were friends, and that's when we did that recording. And then there was a time when he decided we weren't friends, <laughs> which I'm okay with. And um, I don't really, like, I'm so, they were my f- favorite band my favorite there is footage on youtube of me in the audience at 19 years old at a real big fish show singing the songs like they were my fucking favorite band out of that whole scene and um like wouldn't miss a show totally one of the greatest things of my life was sing on a real big fish record did Um, that help the band out early on as well I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I think we all helped each other out because Save Ferris ended up sort of surpassing Real Big Fish. Yeah. Like having songs on the radio in LA and stuff. And so. Weren't you the first unsigned band to get played on Rodney on the Rock? Uh, well, Rodney. 
what a legend played, that dude is as well. Like what right? a broadcasting institution. Oh my God. He's really He's the guy. I have so much gratitude for him. But he he played unsigned bands, but right. K Rock added us before we were signed. Okay. Onto regular onto rotation. The playlist, yeah. yeah, which was really unheard of at the time. And so Is that because you were just so huge in that home state? And you built up a live know. reputation, or is it just that the song was that strong? Or I don't know. I think the timing was just right. Yeah, I think it was just good timing, and we were a great live band. We were. Still are. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, in those days, like we really wanted to be great musicians too, and we really wanted to write great songs, and um, I think we accomplished that. You know, so I mean. Now, like I said, I come back all these years later, and I make no apologies for who I am. I brought the band back in 2013 out of a desperate health diagnosis in which I thought I was never going to walk again, or I was never going to sing again. And the story, like, is so crazy that it puts all of this bullshit to shame it's like for 10 years my dad who loved to sing was like when are you going to get back on stage I was like I don't think I'm ever going to get back on stage dad and then I got this diagnosis where um, my neck was disintegrating my vertebrae and my spinal cord has been compromised and I'm losing my ability to walk but the surgery that I had to have they go through the front of the neck and the amount of damage was so great that they would have to move the esophagus aside and I would never sing again. This was in 2013. And I had had a lot of injuries on the road um, from just touring nonstop in the 90s. And I had suffered for a long time and I didn't have insurance, so I didn't know what was going on until 2013 when I got married and I got great insurance. And I was like, let's check this out. And, uh, yeah, it was, I had three doctors say, so do you want to walk or do you want to sing? That was the choice, A or B. That was the choice, three doctors. And one of them actually said, well, when was the last time you put out a record anyway? And I just remember, my sister was with me, and I remember we walked to the car, and we sat there in silence for a moment, and she said, well, what do you think? This was like the third diagnosis of, you know, doctors saying the same shit. And then I was like, I can't imagine... I have kids one day never being able to sing to them I said we're gonna we gotta figure this out she's like yep we're gonna figure it out so we ended up finding a team of doctors who were just daring enough to go through the back of my neck and they sort of changed the game for my condition and the treatment for my condition um, in a lot of ways my neck was completely rebuilt from the back but before I went under um, yeah, as they were like shaving my head and putting screws in my temples. Um, I said to my dad, like, if I wake up from this, if I can still walk and I can still sing, then I'll fucking bring the band back for you, dad. So I did. I woke up and I was like, shit. <laughs> so I did. And, you know, the original intention was to get all the guys back together. That wasn't what happened obviously um why was that after you've been through such a 
traumatic and incredible experience and recovery. Because none of that matters to any of them. It never mattered to them. So friendship isn't on the cards. You're... Never. It was with me. It was always a different. There was always a different set of rules. You guys are homies and brothers, and that's Monique. Do you think yeah. Gwen had the same experience? I don't know. I don't know. Because that was another band from the same time and the yeah. same scene. And... Yeah, I don't know. You know, all I know is that I just wanted everybody to like me all the time, and I just wanted to make everybody happy all the time, and that was really all I wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, I had this surgery... Um, the plan was to bring the band back. Um, it, for whatever reason, it wasn't. Assumedly, it's not because you didn't ask them. Correct. It wasn't, the plan wasn't to their liking. I, I don't know how else to explain it, except okay. it just didn't work out how I wanted it to. But I really tried. I did, but I also knew that I didn't have to fucking try. Like, if you guys were going to be assholes about it if you weren't going to have any respect for me if you were going to try and hire the wrong sort of clientele um sort of um you know management or bookers or whatever um sorry i'm not hiring your buddies to you know like rip Ca us, cash in cash on in and rip us, us off like we're we're going to do this the right way on our terms yeah and if you don't like it you don't have to come with me but, but I'm doing it regardless. Yeah, I'm doing it regardless, but I want you there. And so, you know, whatever happened after that happened, but uh, I spent two and a half years. I earned the rights to the name. They're mine. It was not easy. I fought for it. Not cheap either, I imagine. It wasn't cheap. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, like if something's meant to happen and your heart is in the right place, then... It's worth fighting for. Well, not just that, but the universe sees to it that you get what you need. And so my heart was in the right place. When I woke up from that surgery and I said, all right, Dad, I'm bringing the band back, it wasn't because I wanted to show the world that I could learn how to literally hold my head up again. Literally had to relearn how to hold my head up again because the muscle that holds up your entire head had been cut through in half I didn't, I, it was important for me to show the world that I could recover in four months. It was important to me because there were people who loved Save Ferris. And I only realized that after the backlash occurred when I, you know, said I was bringing the band back and shit, people were passionate about it. And I was like, wow, thank you, TMZ. Thank you, Perez Hilton. Thank you, Hometown Press, because I understand now how important this is to everybody and now I have a purpose and so um, brought the band back English Beat opened we headlined the Pacific Amphitheater sold it out and um, next show was the El Rey in Los Angeles Interrupters opened nice yeah what a great band they are and look at what they've grown up to be and um, so proud and <clears throat> then I spent the next two and a half years fighting a lawsuit and writing an EP um, while I was recording the EP, my dad came out and sang on one of the songs. Nice. Very proud moment for all of us. And, um, then, and we called that my dad's last best day because then he got really sick 
and I put out the record while he was in the hospital and we recorded the video and I went to show him the video in the hospital and we were um, prepping for our first headlining tour and thinking he's going to get better and he didn't wake up that day I didn't get to show him the video and then he died and then I went back I went on my first headlining tour in you know 14 years 15 years and so you know it was great because dad saw me bring the band back dad saw me <clears throat> you know dad sang on the record dad saw me release the record um you know and then he died <laughs> so everything I you know have done every moment since has been for him and so all this other shit I don't really care about you know like my dad always said you can do it like you, you know he didn't he didn't care he he would be like I wish you didn't use so much profanity <laughs> on stage you know <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he'd be like you have a potty mouth but he still was so he was so thrilled he was like so entertained by all of it and so you know all this shit doesn't really matter to me I just you know I've always said this like I do this because this is the only thing I really know how to do and I love it more than anything in the world and I live to make people happy you know and so anything anybody has to say about me otherwise is like really contrary to who I am in my in my heart you know I'm not here to like you know be a uh, role model for other women you know I'm here to just like play great shows and create incredible experiences for people in which they feel really special for a minute you know and that's because um, that's just where I get my joy from you know and so, like I said, there's a bigger, like, it's so much bigger than this stage. It's so much bigger than Garden Grove. It's so much bigger than Orange County. It's so much bigger than Real Big Fish. It's like... It's bigger than music, really. Although music is. is the the essence and the life source of it all. It's, yeah. It's life. It's bigger than... It is. For me, it is. It's the reason why I breathe. And it's always been that way. You know, I have recordings of me at two years old singing you light up my life <laughs> and it's just hilarious and it's not like <laughs> I want to be a famous singer it was like I was doing it because it made people happy it made them like look at that two-year-old little girl singing her little heart out that is darling and I thought well this is great this is my way out and uh I get to make people happy in the process so you know and I'm not gonna say like I'm this selfless <laughs> musician that you know you get as much joy from doing it as you're putting out I would I hope so but I'm I'm of the like rare breed of person that um I have a bigger picture in mind um I'm a businesswoman I'm not cutthroat but I will you know I will do what I need to do to be able to bring this band to the people who loves say Ferris whatever it fucking takes do you know what I'm saying absolutely because that's not just about me that's about how I felt when I was 19 at that real big fish show singing my heart out um 
That's what it's about. It's about bringing that experience to more people, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I get to, and like, it's a purely selfish thing because I get to have a fucking great time in the process and like meet amazing people and play with incredible musicians and, um, like Neville Staple. Sweet Neville. That was really what a treat that was yesterday. It really was. You know, I haven't seen Nev in a long time. And so he was like, you know, doing backflips on stage last time I saw him. You know, um, but what an honor, you know, to see him. My God, they won't let him back in the country. They won't let him back in the United States right now, which is fucking ridiculous because he got into a fight with somebody at some point. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't put anybody in a wheelchair. But my country just decided, you know what? We're going to we're going to choose you to be the person that we don't let back today. But everybody else, come on in. <laughs> just like that's insanely ridiculous to me, but. Anyway, so I knew my first time back here, he was the first person I was going to call to have tea with. I didn't think we would be performing together. I was like, I'm going to bring the, I'm gonna bring the van. We're going to pick you up, you and Sugary, and we're going to hang out because I missed you. And so it was really special to have him come out yesterday. So, you know, flawed as it was, it's like, I have to tell you, I love the live music experience because the flaws are what create moments. They create moments, so the audience feels like this moment is yours. It's now, it's here, it's ours. Yeah, it's yours. Nobody else is going to take this moment away. And you can't replicate that. it. You can't download it. No, bad or good, it's your moment, yeah. dude. And that's what's so great about live music too. And that's what's great about what I do is that I don't want to be so rehearsed and choreographed that every show is the same. I want to create moments for people in which they just feel like I've been a part of something that's never going to happen again, you know? And so Warp Tour last summer was great. There was so much material to play off of. And, um, you know, sometimes there's like this theme between my shows that sort of carries. Um, I guess it's like if you're an but every actor or an actress on stage in a theater production. Yeah. Is you'll be doing the same lines every day, but mm -hmm. whatever's going on in your life will feed into it and there will become recurring patterns. And Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that. But yeah, you know, and also understand, like, I loved punk rock music as a kid. Like, I watched those shows um and again the, you you were in the right place at the right time for some of the best shit well yeah but i was too young to go to the live shows but i watched the vhs tapes over and over and over again and every one of those shows had its own personality and when i when i talk to my other musician friends we'll say to each other what show if you could go back in time what show? and we know because we've seen the footage and we're like that time that that dude jumped off the stage and broke that guy's nose i wanted to be at that fucking show <laughs> which would be what what show at what time then oh god you? that's there's so many <laughs> um we 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 i couldn't i couldn't type down to like any just like one show it was more like a time 
in a scene. And so, I get that. yeah, I mean, like, where did we, we were trying to figure it out. I can't quite remember, but it was like DC, what year was DC? It was like Fugazi, um, it was just sort of coming up and, you know, there was a, there was a Fugazi video that I saw from, I can't remember what year, but I was like, that's the show I want to be at. Like 92 kind of time maybe or? Maybe earlier because they were just kids or skinny little boys without shirts. Right, right, right. And I remember seeing like all the, you know, like all these dudes moshing. It was like, that's where I want to be. And then the other one was, um, it was like New York. It was like 1972 or something like that. New York Dolls. Yeah, well, yeah, I love New York Dolls. Um, but just art and everything at that time was fashion, music, you know, CBGBs. Maxes, New York really for me cool. at that time was like you had the birth of disco, mm. hip hop, punk, graffiti. Yeah, oh my art, God, right? Like, all yeah. going on. Totally. And it was dangerous and sketchy and right? post-apocalyptic. And- it was. It was. It really was. And my friends that are artists from New York that had moved to L.A., I'll be like, why did you move here? New York has the richest artistic history in the country, in my opinion. And they're like, because it's impossible to be a starving artist and live in New York. So Nowadays, that's why yeah. Los Angeles's art scene is growing because it's a, you know, a little bit more conducive to being able to be an artist and, you know, have a little bit cheaper rent than New York, which I'm very grateful for because that creates a scene in my hometown. That's pretty cool. It's something to be proud of. But so, yeah, so. You know, when it comes to like music for me, I know I'm not a protege. I'm not a protege. I'm not, um, you know, uh, savant. Like I'm not incredible at what I do, but I have a lot of heart in, in it, and I know that that's just what is going to get me through. Just putting my heart in everything I do, and um, I, I, you know, I maybe that's why like. I'm so fucked because I put my heart into everything um, and uh, it makes it, I guess, maybe a little bit easier to be a target sometimes. But, and you feel you're exposed, you're raw, you're vulnerable, you're... Yeah. I yeah. You know, but I'm also tough if I need to be, you know, I'm, I'll fight for my band. I'll fight for anybody who works for me. Like anybody who's put out for me, I am loyal to, um, to the best of my ability. I will fucking fight for you. If I don't have money, I will cook for you. I will, what do you want me to do? Want me to get you groceries? I will do it because um, in my world, uh, I just, you know, gratitude and love and doing for others uh, is very important to me. And I think that um, it creates something bigger than just, a working experience you know it creates a family and when I had the 10 years to think about if I could bring say Ferris back what were you doing during that time because it's a long time and yeah so I was doing a lot of studio work um, didn't you do some stuff with um, Hillary Duff mm. was that with John I guess yeah, yeah that was yeah, with John yeah, yeah. John was actually he introduced we saw I saw John yesterday and he was actually and the used and yeah so it's yeah. a lot of his stuff I did a lot of stuff for him are you and John friends? Would you consider him a so. friend? I mean, listen, I, I, think so. I consider them all <laughs> fucking brothers. You know, we love each other. We, whatever. I don't, I don't know. They're all brothers. Honestly, we have differences. I don't, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, 
Um, we tell story that comes from the same place and we are family. Um, so it doesn't really, all this shit doesn't matter. Like if any of them called me up tomorrow and was like, you know, I'm in the hospital, I need a blood transfusion. I'll be like, I'm there. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you think that they would do the same for you? I don't know. I don't have don't any know. expectation of that. I just know who I am, and I know that, um, you know, seriously, any any of these guys wanted to you know, what is it called? Tie the hatchet. Bury the hatchet. Bury the hatchet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not then good with tie that it. kind of shit. <laughs> and, but yeah, no, I mean, we don't, like, John and I are, I mean, we, we're we family. All of us are family. It's just, again, it's like having brothers. Well, families have their differences, don't they? And they have their, yeah. their woes and their yeah. conflicts and their... And I think recently in the United States because there's been all of these movements for women um, Me Too movement and all of these other things in the entertainment industry women speaking out about the um, the lack of equality in the entertainment industry now I symbolize something more to everybody and I think it maybe makes them either more afraid or maybe dislike me even more because now I'm calling everybody to task. Mm-hmm. Um, in my 20s, not something I ever would have thought of doing because I just wanted everybody to like me. But now I I'm think that's f- the general pattern as well, isn't it? Yeah. Is people just wanted to be accepted and mm-hmm. get ahead. Yeah. And so you just think this is the way it is. Right. I'll deal with it and right. I might not like it, but yeah. 
No, seriously, I... Whereas now it's like, and it's great, isn't it? It's like, yeah. in fact, that's not acceptable. Right. No, listen, you have daughters now. You have sisters. You have mothers. You have women in your life that are worthy of respect. And I'm calling every single one of these guys on these shows to task and saying, I want you to think about how you treat us, you know, and I'm not asking anybody to treat me with any sort of special um, treatment. You said the key word there, though, is think about it. Think about think how about you it. treat. Yeah, I don't need approach. you to open the door for me. I don't need you to treat me like I'm something more special than anybody else. I want you to treat me as an equal. Mm-hmm. Because I fucking pay the same dues as the rest of you. So I'm calling you all to task. You know, I don't expect you to make, you know, oh, this is about, Mo- this is all about Monique. No, it's about all women in this industry. It's all, well, about- all women, full stop. All women, yeah. full stop. Acts, absolutely. But it's, you know, f- we tour and we work most of our lives, you know, and. So let's just start with the women that you work with. How about there? You know, how about you just like recognize them in the same way you recognize your bros? You know, how about you? Only better to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends (laughs) on what your, you know, what your flavor is. But but that's it. You know, I'm not looking to it's about bettering everybody's lives because once you figure out how to communicate with women in the workplace, then you understand how to raise a strong woman, how to talk to her like an equal, how to talk to her with a tone that says you can do anything you want to do. Be an astronaut, be a punk rock singer, fucking doesn't matter. You know, all of a sudden you start asking yourself, wait a minute, what was I was I trying to empower this person and make them feel you know good about themselves or was that something I just said that was like sort of dickish you know and so and listen I uh people are like how does it feel to be objectified and blah blah bloop and I was like um I'm not I'm, I'm just gonna put out a um disclaimer I'm not the kind of woman that goes and complains to management if some guy grabs my ass. If I didn't like that, I will punch you in the fucking face. <laughs> I don't doubt that. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely. Most that's of the my, time... That's my only problem with a lot of that stuff, and it's right. difficult as a man to kind of feel like you have a right to say that. Right. But I'm like, if someone disrespects you, call them out then and there to their face. Don't wait. 15 fucking years and then go online and yeah. say, do you know what I mean? No. And, and a, a lot of it's yeah. about courage and some people maybe don't have that. Yeah. But if someone no, is a fucking asshole, then you just, in the moment, Absolutely. address the situation yeah, to like, them directly. I don't need a women's organization to come to my rescue. I don't need a Me Too movement to save me. I can save me. I can speak up for me. Like, you know, most of the time if a hot guy grabs my ass, I'm like, thanks. But, you know, there's a, there's a point where the disrespect is like, I am not afraid to take care of myself. 
Now, I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't feel strong enough, that don't feel that they have the words. And I was that person for a really long time. A lot of it's age, right? I think. I you, think so. And I think again. You grow into your own personality and. Yeah, form, but also the game and... changed for me. My had the surgery. My dad died. Like your life, my life, you up. It did. My life changed. Everything else that happened in my life, you would have think would you think would would have made me a really tough person. But it, I was never tough. I was always very sensitive um, and just wanted to please. But now it's more like I. I have a voice and I can teach you how to have a voice for yourself if you're a woman or you're a man, you know, like I can help you. Um, and so, yeah, just watch me. I'm again, I'm not the one who goes to management and complains. Um, so it's you it's, break their nose instead. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're like, <laughs> you know, we'll say I'm not cool. Thanks. Yeah. There do, and there doesn't need to be like a security guard in the mosh pit. Because I'm in, the, you know, it's like, let's just, let's just fucking mosh. <laughs> you know, I was always that person who was just like, dude, just, let's just be cool. I have to say the first show of this fest, this festival was fucked for me. There was no dressing room. There was fucking nothing for me. And I, and me getting ready yeah. is like, I have to strip down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Put on tights, fishnets, a bathing suit, completely naked, okay? Put another layer of clothing over that. Then have a mirror so I can put on a wig. Fortunately, I put my lashes on before I left the house. But in order for this character to happen, I need a little bit of space. And privacy. And privacy. There's a reason why there's a men's room and a women's room. And there was no place for me as a woman to change my clothes. And, I mean, I know there's only three of us on, on these festivals, maybe four. But then Fucking may, give but us a space, dude. Maybe just have one room. If there's that little, maybe just have one room for the three or four women to use. Seriously. Because, assumedly, you'd be okay with doing that in front of another woman as opposed to five guys, right? Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I'll do what I have to do, but I don't really want to you know strip down yeah i uh, get that in front of a, a and the green room was amazing the first show it was did you see the green room for for our stage no it's so, my thing i mean woe is me i haven't left the stage because i'm on all day between the bands so oh, right that's your, i don't even have a dressing room but i don't have to transcend and become yeah a character. well i just i mean put on a t-shirt and like, i'm good okay so the green room was the basement bar right. of the university, um, but they left the bar open. And what they did was they put some couches in the center and put some barricades around it. So the musicians that didn't have green rooms were forced to sit there like a fucking petting zoo while other people walked in and bought drinks. And look yeah. over and wow. Yeah. I mean... That's not even. I'm not even talking. I'm talking about my my male brothers that yeah. had to sit there like, you know, livestock, which I thought was really <laughs> interesting, because, um, you know, just we don't ask for much. No musicians, we don't ask for much. Look, I mean, 
I mean, just, we're doing a podcast in the van right now. Right? Oh my god, <laughs> and it's hot as fuck. But it's like we don't ask for much. Just give us a little respect, please. You know. So, but that's my thing too. It's like I don't really ask for much. Let's just everybody be nice to each other, and um, you know, try and show a little respect and a little bit of equality. Um, and that's it. Just the minimal amount. So, bring it back to opening the door for someone. How could that ever be wrong? You know? I have a problem when I open the door for someone and they don't say thank you. Let's try and do that too. Let's say thank Manners. you more often. Yeah. <laughs> Manners. Being it's not yeah. complicated, is it? As you say, you're breaking it down to just simply being nicer. It's true. To fellow and humans. Right. And showing a little gratitude, right? That's it. I mean, if it you break it down to that simple thing it doesn't have to be about male or female no yeah. or race or anything or age it's just we're all on the same globe yeah aren't we yeah it's like, true and my thing is about like respecting humans mm -hmm. for each individual and, ce and celebrating the individual as well i think that's I agree. so sorely lacking in today's world is everybody tries to like fit a mold or yeah. a scene or a group yeah. And individuality is dying out, I feel. Like it it's the, certainly not yeah. celebrated or encouraged anymore. Like wow, look at yeah. like I love characters. I love mm, individuals. Me too. Flaws and all. Yeah. Like everybody's flawed. We're all good and bad. Yeah. And that's exactly this concept behind the show experience that I create is that, you know, let's celebrate the moment. And um let's celebrate that we're all here together and this is a different experience for all of us and we're all different and let's just like love it for what it is in the moment. And, but that's the thing, you know, again, like I was saying with people, um, each person is different. And I think that in order to figure out how to like yourself, you got to accept that you're different first and then and love yourself first. You do. If you're you can. Gonna... And some people struggle with that. And we, well, we all struggle with that sometimes, don't we? Yeah. And in the United States, it's really for as an artist, it's become an environment of very, um, a very uh, it's almost like a shaming artistic environment where be careful what you say. You know, yeah. Uh, you well, you can't really say anything anymore you without really being can't. taken to task in some way by someone who's never met you. Yeah, and, and they you go, can't... "Well, this person is awful because they said this," and it's like, "Well, so what?" Right, right. Do you know what I mean? I mean, no, some is. things can be harmful and damaging, but ultimately, like the right to say what you feel and think right. should be, I think, defended a lot more. I than agree. It's being in the current climate, I do. Listen. You have a right to judge me if you want for my opinion, but you do not have the right to try and take my right away to yeah. have my opinion. And as an artist, it's a really stifling environment for me because we're all afraid. It's going to die. Art is going to die, I think. It without is Without being dying. too cynical, like rock oh, and roll, right. like writing. Punk rock. It's all it's... on the cusp of just dissolving. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't be outspoken anymore right and i really feel guys have it really hard in the u.s right now because there's different sort of expectations of how guys should communicate and how, how they should be toward women and stuff like that and some women are really fucking scary you know and um they make it really hard 
for guys to just like be okay, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and and but also, artists we fucking I see artists suffering all the time for things that they say being taken out of context and. God forbid you like have an opinion oh, that my someone God. else doesn't agree with. It's horrible. You monster. <laughs> my God. And, you know, writing this new record, it's like, I want to say something, but it's like veiled commentary on whatever my experience is because I have to write from my experience. But there are so many different, different opinions about what my experience should be or how I should communicate that, that everything is veiled. And everything I'm writing, it's like, what? I'm going underground now. <laughs> yeah, we're talking in metaphors. <laughs> I know. I mean, I guess that makes for interesting art, is if it's not as obvious as it could be. Yeah. But then it's also, I think, like, it's important to be upfront as well. I personally like people who have opinions, who are unashamed, who aren't afraid to express themselves. I may disagree with you, but if you've got heart in what you're saying, if you believe it and you're willing to back it up, I will fucking respect you, dude. I love Gene Simmons for that reason. He was a guest on my show. <laughs> oh, and right. His, his phrase in life is, to thine own self be true. I like it. And I love that. And yeah. he's like, of course I'm an asshole. I called my second solo album Asshole. Yeah. And he's, but he, he takes ownership over his character he does and, and I Gene love and I that. have had conversations in the past I mean many years ago yeah and we're very different in yeah, our yeah, beliefs yeah. oh my god we are you can't you can't find two more different Jews <laughs> on the same fucking <laughs> planet you know but I, I love like you said I love him for it he makes no apologies this is who I am and I love him though because he's present yeah he'll look you in the eye which is really nice um, but he is who he is and um, he makes no apologies for that and he's not hurting anybody no if you're offended by him grow up man up exactly. you know what I mean like, he's just saying words that you might not necessarily yeah. be down with that's it he's not doing anything yeah. malicious or harmful exactly he's just talking shit <laughs> exactly and this has a lot to do with building self esteem in young American kids you know words are not they, other people's words do not define who you are. Someone has they an opinion. They don't even need to infringe on your space in any not way. Not at all. You be you, boo. That's yeah. what I said to everybody. You just be you. You know? And so, I. and also, I have to say, me being able to express myself openly as a child through music is the reason why I'm still alive. Had I not been able to do that, there would have been no outlet for me whatsoever. And I would not be here. I swear to God, I would not be here. I would be dead. So anybody trying to tell me what I can and can't say, how I can and can't create, what stage I should be on, who I should headline over, you know, whether or not I should stick up for myself and my band if someone's, you know, preying on us on my Facebook page. Fuck you took me 42 years to find this voice and um and i don't really care what you away. think dude yeah. i don't fucking care you know and um having this attitude is only the result of having it rough for a really long time and then 
figuring out what mattered. And what mattered was making art, music, family, you know, loyalty. And really basically breathing. Breathing. And moving. I was really scared. I was really scared. I didn't know if I was ever going to fully recover. They didn't know if I was ever going to fully recover. I mean, the spinal cord, as you know, doesn't regenerate. And I have permanent spinal cord damage, so I did not know. They didn't know if they were going to nick the cord while they were back there or what the fuck was going to happen. So I'm You just... come out of it knowing that you're in your second phase of life. Yeah. You've been given another chance. And you yeah. come out of it with a heightened awareness and appreciation, don't you? And it's really yeah. rejuvenating and... It's Incre- great. Like it's, it's an awful, painful thing to go through. But yeah. ultimately, I don't know whether you'd agree. For me, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I think so. Because I'm like, wow, all right. Now I actually understand life and I'm yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, listen, the time I... So from the time I had that surgery until now, there have been such great challenges along the way. Um, you know, I basically watched my dad starve to death and four months he went from being 6'4 250 pounds to 135 pounds and we had to wheel him around in a wheelchair and we didn't know why he couldn't eat he couldn't force himself to eat and I watched him starve to death and then I had to deal with my own issues with food for the next two years and like um also dealing with the mistakes that I made and trying to make good on those and losing bandmates that I loved and doing tours that were really hard and still never getting the love from my hometown ever or even the recognition I don't care about the recognition like just give me the the, give me an equal opportunity if you're gonna say you know fuck her for doing what she does bring up the other dudes that do the same shit I do too fuck them yeah just make it an equal playing field for all of us. That's all I ask. But, you know, so all of it has been really tough. But um, I, I really only remember the good shit in between, you know, the laughs and the jokes and the nights. Warp Tour was the hardest thing I've ever done. I know the guys in my band killed it every day, paid dues like fucking no one I've ever seen in my life they were amazing and there were certain people on that tour with me that didn't complain once not once and instead we focused on the moments in between the hardships sitting with our fellow musician friends and partying having a good time it was like having a drink and listening to good music and having great conversations and it was that those are the moments I remember you know, and same thing with old Say Ferris. Like, I don't really remember any of the bad shit anymore. I just remember the good times. And, um, but that's a choice that I've made. You know, I don't really care about any of that stuff. I just care about the good stuff. And that's all we have, and that's all we should do as well, I think, is focus on the good and yeah. appreciate those and life is not so dwell simple. on the negative. It is. Yeah. When you break it down, like, it is. When it's you just have had a life. PMA. Yeah. We have a life as complicated as mine. You figure out how to simplify, you know, and it is simple. Just like you said, breathe, be nice to other people, be nice to yourself today. And that's it. Really? That's pretty much it. It's that simple. 
and uh, have fun. And for me, that's my extra added thing. Yeah. Have fun and enjoy every moment, even the bad stuff, because I have the greatest job in the world. Like, even the bad times are fucking awesome for me. I love the struggle because I'm doing it for my music, my art, our fans, my band, people that I love. So it's great. I'm good. Amen. Amen. What a great note to end on, Monique. Thank yes. you so much for Cheers, a friend. delightful, insightful, and thoroughly enjoyable talk. I hope you found it all right, too. And, oh, um, it was wonderful. Thank you. I'm stoked that you finally kind of come back after yeah. all these years. And, let's um, hope it continues. Let's go and rock out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.